Welcome to the Climate Pelicans Brief, a podcast bridging the gap between climate science and Louisiana frontline communities. I'm Corinne Salter. And I'm Jill Tapitza. Join us as we disentangle environmental justice issues facing Louisiana using peer-reviewed science as well as the voices and lived experiences of community leaders. Our goals are to uplift activist platforms and raise awareness about the many environmental puzzles in Louisiana. While contextualizing everything through the lens of climate crisis mitigation. Welcome to another episode of Climate Pelicans Brief. As the public becomes more concerned with climate change, the approval of traditional dirty energy sources will lose support. This loss of support will necessitate an energy transition to cleaner energy sources that do not contribute so egregiously to the climate crisis. Essentially, this growing concern for climate change will create a new market for clean energy and its producers as a response to combat this crisis. And if there's one thing that the fossil fuel industry has shown us, it's that they will do anything to turn a buck. Unethically, amorally, you name it, they just see dollar signs at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So it should come as no shock that the same perpetrators of the climate crisis would seek to capitalize off the emerging climate-concerned market. How will they do that? Well, remember that the fossil fuel industry is no stranger to deception. In fact, they are the very industry that tried to convince us that climate change was a hoax in the first place and hide evidence of its very existence. So they'll use similar deception tactics to continue to capitalize off their dirty ventures, even as concerns for climate change grow. With that being said, it's going to become increasingly more important to be wary of attempts by the fossil fuel industry to continue to capitalize off their dirty ventures by touting them as clean. So in this episode today, we're going to elaborate on the dirty energy sources that industry has been and will even more rampantly try to masquerade as clean energy solutions in order to illusion the public and maintain public favor, aka the public dollar, as climate concerns grow stronger. We'll touch on some of the most prevalent sources of dirty energy and how they differ from solutions for climate change mitigation, not including carbon capture use and sequestration, which we discuss in its own episode. We'll define what dirty energy is and what clean energy is and build upon our understanding of those terms to provide you with examples of which energy solutions aren't clean energy and how industry mystifies the public, aka you and me, into believing them to be clean. And you'll want to listen close because the examples we provide are all ones that are already planning to be implemented or are past implementation and will even be expanded throughout Louisiana. To keep yourself from getting tricked and to keep our community as a whole from falling for the same dirty energy schemes that got us into this climate crisis to begin with, stay tuned. So let's Let's dive dive in. in. (laughs) Okay, first off, let's start with the foundational terminology. What is clean energy and how does it diverge from dirty energy? Well, firstly, obviously, they are complete antonyms. Clean and dirty, that is. Right. (laughs) Very surface level and easy to tell that they are totally different. But with fossil fuel industry and their history of diversion and deception, the two have become very hard to differentiate. We, But we hope you'll walk away with a strong understanding of how the industry mystifies the public to masquerade their dirty energy ventures as clean. This has become further problematized by the creation of the Inflation Reduction Act, which has allocated billions of dollars to clean energy solutions. And the fossil fuel industry would love to use some of that money, which is meant to curb climate change, to continue their business as usual. 
Business as usual. Naughty boys. Not surprising at all. But dirty energy is basically any source of energy that contributes to the warming of our planet, which in turn intensifies weather events and natural disasters. You can go back and listen to our episode on what's the deal with 1.5 if you want a kind of refresher on that. But today we're going to continue talking about what dirty energy is. So the production and use of this energy releases harmful emissions into the atmosphere, which escalates the greenhouse gas effect and leads to climate change. Again, like I said, give that what's the deal with 1.5 episode a listen to refresh your memory on this. Um, But yeah, it's also not renewable and usually created by drilling, mining and burning of fossil fuels, which are fossilized remains that have been there for millions of years and won't be coming back anytime soon. That's for sure. Becoming more and more expensive as sources deplete and depleting sources require more to extract. So it's always more expensive because, like I said, it's not going to be coming back anytime soon. And so the fact that we're depleting it at such a rampant rate means that it's only going to become more expensive. And fossil fuels include petroleum, natural gas, and coal. So not very sustainable, fossil fuel based, and contributes to climate change by releasing CO2 and methane, which causes greenhouse gas effect. I like that you said that they're not coming back anytime soon. It's like these were dinosaurs and they are not coming back. Never, ever. Jurassic Park, we love you. It's not real. Right. It's (laughs) It's not not going to be real. Actually, side tangent. Today I was doing some taxonomic identification Uh of, of invertebrates and I Googled this one type of weird crustacean called an amphipod and I I Googled like the family name, which was Megaleropidae, and I spelled it wrong and like the Google image search results was like dinosaurs. And I was like, (laughs) you're like, wow, no, (laughs) you're like, I discovered something amazing. That can't be right. (laughs) Okay. But pulling it back on track. Um, okay. So we, we covered dirty energy, but we're going to talk about clean energy for a minute here. Um, clean energy by definition is renewable. Mm -hmm. Clean energy comes from natural sources, which replenish themselves on their own, such as the wind, sun, and water. It's a safer alternative to the destructive and extractive reliance on fossil fuels and the future of a clean energy transition so yes think think renewable things um by the way the water that was on this planet was on this planet when dinosaurs roamed the earth yeah you could be drinking dinosaur pee right now <laughs> i never thought of that but now i will never Don't unthink think too it. hard about it <laughs> now i can never unthink it Um, Okay, so according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, in 2022, the U.S. reached a record high in natural gas consumption at 13.2 quads compared to 12.1 quads the year before. Fossil fuels accounted for 79% of total U.S. energy consumption in 2022. So quite significant. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah. 79%. (laughs) Not great. (laughs) We mentioned some of the obvious dirty energy sources, which are fossil fuel based, the ones that you can identify at this point, petroleum, natural gas and coal. But why do we need to demystify the energy sources that are being touted as clean, but are actually dirty? And that's because the fossil fuel industry wants to continue to produce this dirty energy, but with retrofitted and ineffective climate change unresponsive, quote, solutions, end quote, that they believe transform their dirty energy production into clean energy. It's basically a pig in a wig, (laughs) as as they say here in the South. That would be so cute. I totally just imagined Miss Piggy. I love that. It's like an, it's not Miss Piggy. It's not Miss Piggy. (laughs) Sorry, Miss Piggy. I I hate that I even compared you to that. You deserve better queen. Anyway. (laughs) 
Anyways, so basically they're using and producing the same fossil fuel sources, but they use additive methods that scrub some of their emissions, methods which they are trying to claim make it clean, but it's still the exact same production. It's still the exact same uses. It's still the exact same sources, but just with um, a greenwashed scheme to it. Okay. Okay. Um, Yes. So let's give you all some examples of fake solutions that you'll probably um, be hearing mentioned a lot in the future, or maybe you already have heard of them. Yeah, maybe you already have. So we'll start with one that maybe a lot of people have heard of. Maybe you haven't. One of those is LNG. So LNG stands for liquefied natural gas. Nothing natural about it. I don't even know how it got that name. But anyway, that ain't natural. No. It's it, that ain't natural. <laughs> that ain't natural at all, honey. <laughs> it's a dead dinosaur, and it ain't never coming right. back. It, it ain't never coming back. You might as well just let that dog die. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> anyway, don't get me into my country accent. Okay. That's that's chaos. So dangerous. Know. It's dangerous. We're going down a dark path, honey. <laughs> okay, anyway, that's the theme of the episode. <laughs> We're going down a dark path. I feel it. <laughs> okay, so natural gas basically means a fossil fuel energy source. Natural gas comes from the same places as coal and oil, but it is just different. It's just a different byproduct from the same fossilized sources. Um, then it becomes LNG by being liquefied through cooling, basically cooling it to temps below negative 260 degrees Fahrenheit for purposes of shipping and storage. Basically, where pipelines for shipping in its gaseous state aren't feasible, it's liquefied for easier shipping and then returned to its original gas state or regasified once it reaches its destination. Okay, so LNG is a gas and then it's cooled and pressurized to liquefy it and then it's re-gas but mm-hmm. it's still it's still it's still gas it's still a fossil fuel source okay yeah. so how is that climate friendly or or considered clean exactly you're a genius if you ask this question and certainly smarter than what the fossil fuel industry players would like to believe you are but you guessed it it's not clean at all one reason they tout it as clean as a clean energy solution is because it's 85 to 95 percent methane which is technically not carbon dioxide so So much worse yeah so basically so much worse (laughs) they're just trying to say that lng is a solution toward net zero carbon dioxide emissions because technically it is producing less carbon dioxide emissions. Yes, it produces 40% less carbon dioxide than coal and 30% less than oil, but it's still a fossil fuel energy. And at this point, we don't have time to be around with alternatives that aren't really alternatives and still contribute to climate change. Also, methane, is that really a better alternative to carbon dioxide emissions? I think you and I both know as scientists, right. not at all. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, it's worse, like mm. I just said a minute ago. According to the United Nations Environmental Program, shout out to UNEP, that's what that yes. acronym stands for. We did a <laughs> oh, citizen gosh. science project back with uh, back in um, 2021 with them. Yeah. Um, so if you remember the chicken soup incident oh, from the first episode, that was during a UNEP project. So that's actually how Shout we met. out UNEP. Love that. That's how we met and became friends and yes. the rest is history. And it was the beginning of our first podcast episode. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was <laughs> Lots the, of the beginning of an era. Um, but yes, according to UNEP, the United Nations Environmental Program, methane emissions are actually huge drivers of climate change. Mm-hmm. Typically, these emissions come from agriculture and livestock. 
um, like cow. Right. But according to the IPCC's, that's the Intergovernmental Panel on Chi- Climate Change, so the IPCC's sixth assessment report, methane has caused about two-thirds as much of our current warming as carbon dioxide. That's so wild. Yeah, that's a lot. So yeah. we've been really talking about CO2 up to this point, but there's actually a whole bunch of different um, carbon-based gases that contribute to climate change and methane is a super powerful greenhouse gas and while it doesn't have the same lifetime and abundance as co2 so it doesn't doesn't stay quite as long as a molecule and it's not as abundant there aren't as many molecules in our atmosphere Mm -hmm. it is far more effective at trapping heat than co2 so think like a warmer blanket yeah um, making it a more effective greenhouse gas and contributor to climate change so yeah methane is the warmer blanket than co2 extremely yeah um even though it's less abundant. It also leads to ground level ozone, which is another greenhouse gas and an air pollutant associated with premature death. That is mm. um, dark and striking. Yeah, yeah. very <laughs> harrowing. Um, so that's UNEP um, and IPCC. So according to another study, ozone reduction through methane emission reduction is estimated to prevent about 30,000 premature all-cause mortalities global globally in 2030 and about 370,000 between 2010 and 2030. Yeah. And since methane is the primary contributor to ground level ozone, methane emissions lead to premature death and reducing it would reduce premature deaths. Deaths. Right. That's exactly. the logical conclusion for that. Yeah. And the problem with LNG is that while it does release less carbon, it is 85 to 90% methane, like we said before, and releases that methane every phase of its life cycle so as it's degrading it's shooting that off as it's being liquefied as it's being transported as it's being regassed basically at every phase of its life cycle it's it's popping off stuff (laughs) messing with the existing oxygen in our atmosphere causing that we won't get into that so it's fun but we're not going to get into it yeah not today not today (laughs) that's not what this podcast is for so to summarize lng is a liquefied fossil fuel source gas the gas is almost entirely methane and methane is a powerful greenhouse gas emission um and more effective than co2 carbon dioxide at trapping heat which is what causes climate change and although it's less abundant and lasts for a shorter period of time in the atmosphere um to be clear while it only lasts 12 years in the atmosphere, it may not last as long as carbon, but reducing methane emissions can have an an impact on the near term because it doesn't last as long. It can have a greater impact on the near term um, if we were to reduce it. So not clean at all. Myth busted. Myth busted. All right. So that's LNG. LNG is nothing new, but you need to be wary about it because of how the fossil fuel industry is parading it around as a solution that can move us toward decarbonization which is removing carbon from our economy. The liquefaction of natural gas was developed in the 19th century. So why are we seeing it pop up again in our radar and now just now with a a fake clean label? Hmm. I wonder why that could be. Um, One thing, money. (laughs) Money. (laughs) Follow the money. Money never lies, but the people trying to make it, they do. They'll do they anything. They absolutely do. Yeah. Fossil fuel industries, they want to make the money. They'll yeah. label anything as anything. Exactly. 
Yeah. And so then, if, like those buses where you see the ads on the sides that are like, this bus runs on clean, natural gas. I want to take a paintball gun right. to the side of that <laughs> bus. It's like clean, natural gas. Natural gas literally like, comes not, from fossil it's fuels. It's unnatural. It's not clean. Yeah. You are lucky that bus is moving pretty quick. <laughs> you're, like, you're lucky you can outrun me, bus. Right. Yeah, it's not the bus's fault. It's the advertising. But but yeah, so, so that is the kind of ad you've got to watch out for when you exactly. see that. Get your paintball guns, y'all. Yeah. Don't do that. Because well, we know petroleum. I mean, if you want to get your paintball, paintball we're not going to, <laughs> you know. Do you. Everyone do. protests in their own way. Exactly. You could be doing, you know, like public service by painting a mural on that Right. Bus. A nice sea turtle, perhaps. <laughs> Very cute. <laughs> but yeah, so be wary of that because like we just said at the beginning, dirty energy is always going to be petroleum, coal, and natural gas. So anything that says that it's clean, any of those three, false. Nice, nice wrap up there. And as some of you may be aware, a lot of countries have reduced their natural gas imports or have reduced their natural gas imports from Russia. So in 2022, LNG was a huge export from the U.S., with export capacity increasing from 1 billion cubic feet per day in 2016 to about 11.4 billion billion cubic feet per day at the end of 2022. That is a lot. That's a lot. So that's like one, two, it's almost a 12-fold. Yeah. It's a lot. Almost. Almost a 12-fold. Um, in 2016, total U.S. LNG exports averaged half a billion cubic foot per day to 17 countries. And in 2022, U.S. LNG exports averaged 10.59 billion cubic feet per day to 34 countries and accounted for 56% of total U.S. natural, ga- natural gas exports. Basically, so the bottom line from all of these numbers is that the U.S. took advantage of this opportunity mm-hmm. that they're claiming is clean energy to capitalize off the reduced reliance of European countries on Russia for natural gas imports. It sort of filled that void. Yeah. Um, not in a good way. Yeah, not some in a good Some voids, way. like some silences are good. Like you don't have to always like fill that. <laughs> right, yes. But the U.S. did and... That's capitalism. Yeah, that's how it works. And so, like we said, you might be hearing about LNG. You might already have heard about it, but it's really prevalent, especially here in Louisiana with a lot of LNG facilities um, and pipelines being established here in Louisiana or being expanded in some way or another. Um, So just be wary of that because it's not natural whatsoever. It's not clean. It's very dirty and very dangerous. It ain't natural. It ain't natural. (laughs) It always comes back to money. So, in fact, LNG exports are even expected to increase even more in 2024, according to the EIA. And you can probably guess where a lot of these LNG facilities have found their home. And yep, like I said, right here in Louisiana. So three of the nation's LNG export terminals are already here and 10 more are expected to be established within the next decade. So wetlands are being threatened, too, by these LNG terminals. Our wetlands provide crucial flooding protection and shoreline erosion control, two things that um, we really cannot afford to be losing, and not to mention the wide range of species that find their home in these wetlands. A lot of those species being crucial to Louisiana's seafood industry, which is integral to our econ- to our economy. Calcasieu and Cameron Parishes have seen the brunt of LNG's devastation, with 10 LNG terminals built or proposed in these parishes. That's 
3,634 acres of wetlands that are going to be suffering at least temporary effects or even be destroyed, according to the oil and gas watch analysis of Federal Energy Regulatory Commission data. And wetlands are not something that are easily restored, even if the effects are temporary. It can take years or sometimes generations for a formerly pristine wetland to return to what it once was. And that includes its ability to provide flood protection, clean water, and habitat it once provided to nearby residents and wildlife. So these LNG terminals are not good for us, and we are only going to be seeing them more and more as the U.S. ramps up production for export um, to European countries in 2024 and in the onset of our future unfortunately yeah. don't mess with the wetlands i'm not going to pop off about this but this is totally my area <laughs> yeah. um yeah you cannot like those wetland restorations that are occurring they are expensive yeah. not only they're difficult but they're very expensive and that comes out of the taxpayers money exactly. it comes back it comes out of like the money that we have allocated for coastal restoration exactly. they're expensive they take a long time a lot of them fail unfortunately just yeah because and you know who's not paying taxes folders literally any fossil fuel industry here all these new lng plants they're they're going to be considered probably exempt from paying almost any taxes 100 percent. and so they're not paying taxes and then we're paying taxes our tax money is going into the wetland restoration which we absolutely need not saying that we don't it's just that we wouldn't need it as severely if it weren't for these for these lng yeah, terminals they're definitely exacerbating exactly. a, an already really large problem exactly. um so there we have it lng super problematic not clean at all what is next on our list of false solutions that are dirty dirty but being porpited as clean um let's get into the rainbow of hydrogens Ooh, yes okay so the rainbow hydrogens since we talk about carbon capture and sequestration um let's talk about something that is somewhat similar to uh ccs um in that way it's actually a really confusing one not gonna lie it's called blue hydrogen but we'll break it down yeah we're we're gonna break it down don't worry it was confusing to me too whenever i was researching all of this so we're here for you we got you um so it sounds clean but but it's it's not not. (laughs) shocking no but it's not it's not clean at all yeah it sounds clean because i don't know i associate blue with the ocean um And we'll say for all the oil spills through no fault of the oceans, I think that the ocean is a place of of cleansing and, you know, water is life. So blue must be good. Anyways, um, not clean when it comes to hydrogen. Can you elaborate on that at all? Yeah. um, So actually, that was a tricky question to answer upon first glance, kind of like how you felt, you know, I was like blue hydrogen. Is it is it clean? Is it not? Getting a clear answer was not not so direct. So um, as you can imagine, you have to scroll past like a whole Google page dedicated to the sponsored recommendations by oil and gas trying to claim that it's the future. The future. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, look away. Here it is. It's the future. And I've I'm done like, this. It's actually scary. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's really frustrating. No wonder so, the public is confused about it. Exactly. Like I literally had to scroll through, like I said, an entire web page. Like it wasn't just like the first three recommendations. It was the whole first page of Google. Google, literally. And so once you get past that, you actually find a Cornell Chronicle article that's titled Point Blank, touted as clean, blue hydrogen may be worse than gas or coal. 
And I don't know. That's pretty telling. Yeah. If you can make it all the way down that page and be like, okay, these all say sponsored by Shell. So maybe I shouldn't (laughs) click on them. That seems biased. Exactly. But Um, once you get there, it's okay. Even if you don't do that, we did it for you. You got to go through that tunnel, but we did it. So, all right. So we're going to continue. And yeah. Um, So the article actually reads blue hydrogen, Mm -hmm. an energy source that involves a process for making hydrogen by using methane in natural gas may harm the climate more than burning fossil fuels. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, where's the hydrogen in that? It's hiding behind our dirty players mm. that we have already talked about. Exactly. Um, and of course, we'll have this article in the show notes along with some other sources. But yeah, that's a pretty big statement to put out. And it was actually Cornell and Stanford University researchers making this claim that blue hydrogen is worse than fossil fuels. Um, so pretty good sources there yeah, for you um not a solution at all blue hydrogen is not the exciting solution that a lot of companies will will tap yeah literally not at all the article literally goes on to say the carbon footprint to create blue hydrogen is more than 20 percent greater than using either natural coal or natural gas or coal directly for heat or about 60 percent greater than using diesel oil for heat according to new research and that's um pretty big Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's that's 20%. That's not a small percentage. It's not a small amount. And to be worse than the the typical aggressors that we're already using now, I don't think that's the future for clean energy. Yeah, that 20% number sounds really familiar because that's like a, the approximate percentage that like carbon capture. Oh, like the, it's close, pretty close to that energy yeah. penalty. So I feel like that didn't come out of nowhere. But yeah. Um, so how it relates to CCS is that it's sequestering carbon as well in the process. But the kicker is that blue hydrogen is made by converting methane to hydrogen and carbon dioxide by using heat, steam and pressure. And as we've mentioned before, methane is an extremely powerful greenhouse gas. It's that warmer blanket than CO2. The only saving grace is that they try to capture the carbon dioxide produced which is a gas, right? Uh, which is what makes it supposedly blue. Yeah. This is not actually blue in color. No. Carbon dioxide is colorless, odorless. Yeah. It's a silent killer. It's just um, something that they've named it. Right. That's just like, yeah. that's what gives it the like blue rainbow label. Yeah. Um, but you can never guarantee with certainty that the CO2 is being captured in its entirety. Again, right. it's a gas. Yeah. Like it's going to like, doesn't slippery it's It's finicky (laughs) it's very slippery um so no so who knows how much of it is being released into the atmosphere no matter how much they claim they are capturing it so by no means a clean solution so once again myth busted busted so yeah like we said basically it's just hydrogen being created from methane and with that creation of that hydrogen it also creates that carbon dioxide and literally all they're saying is that we're taking out that carbon dioxide from the equation and we're making it clean somehow, even though, no, not at all. So yeah, anyways, myth busted, not clean. So the next one, green hydrogen. It literally has green in the name. So it must be a green, clean solution, question mark. <laughs> Surely no one would be as bold as to call something green Surely that's not actually green. That means what? Like sustainable, right. vegan, like right. what does that green label really exactly. mean? Um but who are we kidding? What's mm. the verdict here? Right. Because fossil fuel companies are marketing <laughs> these things. What's the verdict? Is green really like tree green? Yeah. So actually, 
whenever I was looking into it, it's actually a bit complicated. So green hydrogen is produced through the generation of hydrogen using the excess power of renewable energy, I mean, renewable power plants by means of an electrolysis process. Sounds pretty promising. It comes from renewables like wind, water, solar. Well, the issue is though that it's actually extremely costly on top of being highly demanding of a lot of energy to be able to enact, to be able to produce that electrolysis process. Right. And it's created through electrolysis, like Corey just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And that is very energy intensive. The bottom line is that if energy isn't coming from renewables, then it's not really green. Uh, We still have the same problem here because we're ramping up energy use to produce another energy source that's supposedly green, but then not really green if we're not using renewable energy to produce it. Right. So it sounds really confusing. So it's basically still in research and development at this point. So green hydrogen, sadly, not clean, although it has the potential to be. We're rooting for you, green hydrogen, I think. (laughs) We think like it might be one of those things where, um, you know, we can't get all the way to 100% clean energy with just wind, solar, geothermal. That There's, you know, the sun isn't always out. The wind Mm -hmm. isn't always blowing, things like that. So this might be one of those sort of like fill in the little nooks and crannies. Um, But again, still R&D. It's not something that needs to be like heavily funded right now to be rolled out immediately we're not we're not there yet we're We're working on it but we're not there there yet not there at all um so if we can get green hydrogen to be produced sustainably on renewable energy it doesn't really sound too bad but we'll have to see we'll have to see see how it goes so this one questionable still an r&d at this point. So maybe now we can shift our attention to the actually clean energy sources. They exist, we promise. We're not just talking about only the bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> we like the the good with the bad. Right, exactly. We need some some things to encourage hope. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and of course, we have the usual ones that you hear about all the time, wind, solar, water. Those are the typical ones. So maybe we can review those briefly just for posterity's sake in case you have no clue how they work. And then we can touch on some of the lesser known ones. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we'll start with the first, the first one that you mentioned, and that is wind. So we have those big wind turbines. Side note, um, I went on a trip to Colorado for a summer job this past summer. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm from Louisiana. I, I'm as much as I would like to think that I'm well traveled. I'm not. I have not been <laughs> too much outside of Louisiana. So whenever I was going through Texas, I literally saw these, and I had to stop fully. Like me and my mom were riding over to Colorado in the car together, and I actually asked her to like pull over the car and let's take a bunch of pictures with them so some of my like I have a whole album dedicated to me standing underneath these wind turbines and just pointing up and getting so excited about it uh, posing on the side of the road and it was so funny because I was so fascinated and there were like there were so many people passing by in traffic and they were like what the heck are these lunatics doing over here? <laughs> Celebrating <laughs> the future, obviously. Right. I was so excited. It was so nerdy, but I was like so excited. And my mom was right there with it with me. She was like, oh my God, okay, point up. Okay, now now pose this way. I love it was that. so sweet. But like we had people like zooming past us and like honking, like what? what Can the we heck make that like doing? a call call to action? Is like take a picture with a wind turbine. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I would love that because honestly, whenever I was taking all those pictures, I swear like seeing how gargantuan 
gargantuan they were and just like honestly in my eyes majestic maybe not to everyone but like to me i was like watching them spin and i was just like wow this is just this is it they are mesmerizing they they really they are. are i felt like i was in like one of those like dell default backgrounds you know like the screen yeah, absolutely um yeah. be- when i lived in california i obviously uh-huh. saw a lot of these um and one time i saw they were putting up a wind turbine and so i was actually passed by a semi truck wow. on the highway and it was like a full like was it an extra long one wow and it yeah. had just a single blade on it <gasps> what and the blade took up like the whole thing these things are you massive jerk. guys okay <laughs> so for our listeners if you find a wind turbine yes. take a picture and send it to us honestly Climate please pelicans at gmail.com yes send it to <laughs> us. we want to see it or tag us see? on instagram yeah we can post it we'll, we'll post you on our story because honestly will. that is I'm a nerd for that type of thing. Yeah. I was so mesmerized whenever I was going underneath all these wind turbines, just watching like as the rolling hills, as the hills just rolled and I just saw all these amazing, huge wind turbines. I'm not going to lie. I was super geeked out about it. Yeah. I send us it. your wind turbine selfies. <laughs> <laughs> I will actually because okay. like I was just, I was out there posing. <laughs> Love that. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> yes. So anyways, they're iconic. It was iconic. Um, anyways, they gave me life, but they also give us like electricity so you know uh using the aerodynamic force from the rotor blades they basically work like an airplane wing or helicopter rotor blade when wind flows across the blade the air pressure creates a lift on one side and a drag on the other which rotates the blades and as you can probably imagine produces energy to power a generator and creates electricity okay so that's wind yeah that is when it's basically like that generator is kind of the the starting point for like what all energy from a all electricity is produced from so whether or not you're burning something or you're using the wind it's kind of the same process once you get to that you know generator you you get electricity so that's wind what's next solar solar technologies convert sunlight into electrical energy through photovoltaic panels or through mirrors that concentrate solar radiation photovoltaic is just the process of converting light so which is photons to electricity as voltage right Solar can also provide energy naturally by producing thermal energy, which can provide heat and doesn't require all that fancy technology. But it's actually not too fancy at all, and it is super cost competitive at this point in time, actually being the cheapest form of renewable energy out there and applicable to every country. Um, So there's like this running myth. It was real at one point in Mm -hmm, time. It was. It was real. That solar is really expensive. It's really Mm -hmm. expensive to get solar panels. And like while it might be able to, it might be still expensive to get solar panels on your house, although there are tax credits for that now that can really uh, dampen the cost a lot. This was true maybe 10, 20 years ago. A while back. And Europe actually got into the market market really early kind of hit the brunt of like all of this um they got a lot of the cost the initial upfront cost to create that demand was Mm. put on them Mm. so we don't have that anymore guys they unfortunately they took that hit for us yeah so get in there the the cost of renewables have gone down about 88 percent since 2012 2010 that's pretty early 2000s yeah so which is pretty significant and um it's it's time to get in there yeah they're they're scalable and they are affordable. Yeah. And like like we said, they can be applicable to every country. So even if they're not, even if you're not necessarily like in the most sunny area, it still can provide some bit of energy and it's still so cost effective that why not? 
you know, at that Why point. Not? Why not? Why not do it? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so the last one that we typically know of, hydro or water. Well, similar to wind power, turbines are often used to harness the natural energy that comes from the water's natural flow patterns. The water flows through and pushes the turbine blades, which in turn spins a generator and produces electricity. Okay, yeah, and there's some caveats to this one. Um, obviously, they do have an impact on the e- ecosystems that they are around. Yes. Those big retention ponds often have a whole slew of environmental issues that are associated yeah. with that. But the water itself, it is not actually, it's technically renewable yes. in that way, but it is considered a like, it's not a dirty energy, but it is, um, we'll put an asterisk by it for now. Yeah. We can dig into that at some other time, but um, it is technically renewable mm-hmm, technically because water is neither created nor destroyed. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's definitely a necessary caveat to say is that it's not it's not something that doesn't that doesn't come without its flaws. Right. Just because yeah. it's clean does not make it perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But the the solutions that we have now, the false solutions that we've been right, touted, right. definitely there's a have. huge difference between yeah. these clean energy um, options huge and the difference. and the fake dirty ones. I guess there aren't too many to discuss other than the typicals, the typical clean energies. But there is also geothermal energy. And geothermal energy utilizes the accessible thermal energy from the Earth's interior. Heat is extracted from geothermal reservoirs using wells or other means that are digging into the Earth. Like, you got to penetrate that crust. Right. <laughs> um, once the heat is at the surface, fluids of various temperatures can be used to generate electricity. The technology for electricity generation from hydrothermal reservoirs is mature and reliable and has been operating for more than 100 years, um, according to the IPCC in the United Nations. Mm. Yeah, actually, I, I knew this um, person in high school and their family's house was built like kind of in the middle of nowhere and it fully ran off of geothermal energy. What? And that was when I was a kid, which was a million years ago so i can't tell yeah i can't tell oh, it's been that long. <laughs> so it's Seriously. been around tried and true it's been around you yeah. gotta dig a big hole but other than that we're already digging big holes right yeah so, we're i mean just put least... a geothermal thing in there <laughs> right exactly <laughs> what's another big hole you know <laughs> <laughs> we are very silly today can you tell that i had a red bull and candy corn for lunch oh my gosh i'm not gonna lie i'm running on two hours of sleep right now girl oh man <laughs> that's just how we roll <laughs> it does not affect our decision making but we do get very giggly honestly yeah. yeah and and honestly i feel like sometimes my brain is operating even faster because of that i was actually able to pump out the rest of this episode um like very quickly and like oh, early in the morning you. at like 8 a.m <laughs> love that love that yeah, for you thank you <laughs> Okay, and so this is all pretty cool. Even though we have all these fake solutions to be worried about, we also have a lot of real solutions to be excited about. And hopefully we've empowered you to call out the fakes for what they are and start a discussion about moving to renewables, which we need to do to ensure our future in the climate fight. So use this info and go forth and conquer you little pelicanlings. (laughs) (laughs) Little baby pelicans. Little baby pelicans. (laughs) Okay, and with that, um, you know what time it is. Yeah. It's time for our caucus to act. We're going to keep it brief today. If uh, if you're a Louisiana resident, hopefully you voted this past Saturday for our gubernatorial elections. You know, we have a lot of problems coming up in the environment, but I'm really glad that we still have words like gubernatorial. I know, that right? That's great. <laughs> um, for future elections, if you... 
If you don't have it already, I highly recommend getting the Go Vote app. That's G E A U X Vote. You can use it on iPhone or Android, so it is comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you just type in your voter ID information and it'll give you sample ballots for your voting district and it'll tell you your polling location, your elected officials and the election results. And it will even plug election dates into your device's calendar so you don't accidentally miss them. Yeah. It's been super useful for me because like, honestly, you just download it. It's really quick and easy to download. I don't think it takes up too much space. And then you just enter your voter ID information and it'll give you everything. Like, yeah, the sample ballot has been so useful for me. And I'm, yeah, I really love this app. So definitely download it and definitely take a picture with a wind turbine if you see one and send us pictures. (laughs) Please do. We want to see it. It'll be so iconic. Like it'll, it'll honestly make my day and I, I don't know. I would love to see that. So please. If you want your 15 minutes in fame, we will put yes. you on our story. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be 24 hours of fame because, you, you know, go. they last for 24 exactly. hours. So we'll do you one better. Um, but yeah. And so to add to that voting, make sure I hope you voted and make sure that you're ready for future elections that are coming up presidential. Um the last and most importantly, well, maybe not most important because voting is still really important. So it is also important. It's very important. It's super important. It's the most important thing to happen in the month of November. Yes. Okay. Yes. I like that. So Climate Week is actually coming up at LSU. Yay. I'm so excited. It's happening the last week of October, beginning of November. We've got quite a few events to shout out for Climate Week. So we're going to start here. On Tuesday, October 31st, yes, on Halloween, but don't worry, it's early in the day. It's at 3 p.m. to 4 p.m., so don't worry. You still have time to get your creep on, so we're we're not going to keep you from, you know, getting your ooky spooky on, but... <laughs> So don't worry, just come out, come hang out with us before you go out to Halloween festivities. Come join us to banner decorate. It's a creative way to get involved. You can come chill with us, paint with us, and hopefully we can get to know you a little better or at all. Um, And who doesn't want to get creative on Halloween and for a good cause? Like, come on. I'll even be there and I hate Halloween. I will not. (laughs) I will go to the banner decorating and then I will shut myself in my house. I'm the Grinch. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, come out and we'll hang out with us. It'll be fun. Um, and we're just going to have a great time and just paint paint our little hearts out for a good cause. So hope to see you there. Anyways, that's happening on Tuesday, October 31st at 3 p.m. on the LSU Parade Grounds. And then the next night, which is Wednesday, November 1st, we have an open mic night at Highland Coffees at 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. We're going to be sharing art, poetry, anything creative related to environment, climate, social justice issues. Um, I'm going to be sharing a poem that I wrote, kind of slam poetry-esque. It's a new it's a new medium for me, but, you know, my, my therapist is good for me. So I'm excited. That's great. I can't wait to hear <laughs> I'm it. I'm excited. I'm very excited. So hopefully y'all can make it out. Um, are you performing anything, Jill? Um, I think it's best for everyone that I don't perform anything, <laughs> but I will probably do a reading of like a poem or a um a, a short essay from the anthology All We Can Save, co-edited by doctors Ayana Elizabeth Johnson and Katherine Wilkinson. Love that book. Love that. It's full of essays, yeah. all written by women. Um, which is great. Yeah. I'm excited about it. So that's awesome. I'm glad you're gonna be performing. I'm glad that I'm going to be performing my poem. I'm excited. Um, So hopefully you all can make it out there, show up for a little bit, maybe get some tea, get some coffee at uh, Highland Coffees. Just hang out with us and listen to um, an empowering night of just sharing our art related to what we care about. 
most about the earth. Um, and then we're going to be having our climate rally, which is going to be happening on Friday, November 3rd. We'll be meeting at the LSU Greek Theater at 3 p.m. and it'll last till 4.45 p.m. We'll have a super engaging and meaningful set of speakers that will talk about climate action, why it's important, and why we should be motivated. Jill and I will be giving a small talk along with Cheyenne Otten, um, undergraduate climate activist and founder of Go Planet. That's at Go Planet on Instagram. Go check her out. Um, she's awesome. Their group is awesome. So show your support for her kick butt efforts and taking the charge and organizing this with us. Um, and then we'll follow it up with a march through LSU campus where we demand LSU divest from fossil fuels and move toward carbon neutral investments. It will be fun. It'll be energetic and we'll have a great time surrounded by awesome people who genuinely care and want to to uplift each other honestly come if you want to scream about something you care about or if you just want to get to know us better so check out our instagram that's at climate pelicans on instagram um all one word or just like rewind the episode and write it down mark your calendars because we'd love to have you we'll put it in the show notes too yeah. so you don't have to do that in the show notes yeah. too great <laughs> but yeah as always thank you for taking this dive with us pelicans thank you thank you